0: Use
1: You want to check this out, uh, uh, specials of Doctor Who special. Yep, we have a special for special because we're very special and specialist of the specialist. I would like to welcome the gorgeous Suki. Hello, Suki.
2: Hi, you're looking worried. I'm not saying a word, I don't want to interrupt you. I'm being a very <laughs> professional, I want to see what a professional does without being, uh, you know, interrupted by other people on the podcast so i'm not saying a word carry on my darling thank you
1: and of course anyway i
2: just wanted to say lovely lovely this is (laughs) it's fantastic but carry on
1: you've only got to edit yourself
2: i'm keeping all this in uh
1: and the wonderful true hello
3: hello and you're lovely and wonderful as well deb obviously oh my god give me the sick bag
1: you know, um I have no notes at all. Suki has no notes at all, and this is because we're ridiculously busy at the moment. But I have already had a chat to Doctor. Whose line is it
2: anyway? Oh, no. Hold on, I, I, I know you're moonlighting with you know yeah. with another podcast. You're cheating on us with another podcast. And to, I, I, I can't, you know, I can't say anything because I'm also doing it with around the uh, around the console. But oh, I I can't I
1: you mean this podcast? Well, hasn't invited me. That's pretty, pretty poor. <laughs> um, but it does mean that I can just repeat everything Miles said and pretend that I'm really clever. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty good.
0: Hello One thing Wiles. we
1: did decide uh, in the uh, Who's Doctor Who's line is it anyway is that we all adore suki we love that man and basically he is our wilf and miles suggested that's because he's
2: 96. you know i've always (laughs) loved miles until this very very moment (laughs) bless
1: bless him our poor our poor suki
0: Science.
1: Um, so, uh, Doctor Who, yeah, we've had the second of the specials now, and I would like to know your initial thoughts. Suki, first,
2: yes, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was really creepy, really f- scary, episode built up the tension and i i just thought it was a, a wonderfully strange episode but it really enjoyable i thought it was
3: excellent i really really enjoyed this one i felt like they eased like the general population in with a family friendly one last week and this week they went for it it's proper hard sci-fi doctor who it's excellent
1: i as a as a piece of sci-fi it's absolutely brilliant. I thought it was very Event Horizon, and I was expecting to see Jason Isaacs hanging from the ceiling with his guts sort of dripping out. But disappointingly, no. It would have, of course, been better with Jason Isaacs in it. And it was, it was very tight. The relationship between the Doctor and Donna. There were lots of questions which raised. I just wonder when you've got three specials and you're on a peak time on a Saturday evening, you've got a family audience who've just been very excited by the dynamic last episode with the Meep. Is it Was it a bit of a wasted opportunity? Because I kind of want to see, I love the idea of families sat around watching Doctor Who. We've got it back on a Saturday, that's where it should be. And Uh, that's how I started watching Doctor Who because that's as I said on the other pod um my mum always aspired to be middle class and so we never watched ITV of course so you watched whatever was on BBC and it was Doctor Who so we watched Doctor Who and that was um how I got into it and I I haven't seen any negative reviews and families sat around but that was just my only concern oh no I didn't
3: know watching ITV was uh we're so frowned upon, I may. We never used to watch ITV back in the day either. Perhaps we were middle <laughs> class and I didn't know it. It's the, oh.
1: it's the, yeah, uh, the Mrs. Bouquet um, factor.
2: <laughs> uh, there, there has been some negative reviews, but not from families. I mean, from families, I've, what I've, I've seen is like, whoever the parents are, they've been putting in, I've been saying their kids have, have watched it and it's been like, they've been transfixed and whatever's been going on because the visuals have ended the long arms and the faces yes. uh, suddenly distorting. And then the big giant um, dodgy Donna and doctors uh, being squashed into the, uh, the tube. Uh, it's just, it's strange. It's scary. It's weird when you watch it. Right. And especially for a child, mm-hmm. All right, and from what I've been seeing on from family um, reviews, the families, uh, they're saying that their kids have really enjoyed it. Good. Not so much from adult not true fans, uh, which has been the opposite for, for a few of them, but not all. I don't know if yeah. anybody any of you have seen any of these. I
1: haven't. Um, uh, I'm, I think we should have a, a new section on our podcast of um, Twitter bell end of the week. Um, I'm not
2: making the... any more flipping jingles <laughs> or anything like that. I'm not doing all
1: right. that. No, Drew's true, the musician. He can do a jingle. Um, I'll
3: wangle
2: Sam and <laughs>
1: That'll probably be one that we could get a Jason Isaac to do a voiceover. But I'd oh, in that case, yeah, I don't it.
2: mind doing that. No <laughs> worries. You get Jason on board, I'll make sure that jingle goes on there.
1: Yeah, I think it will be um, a, a while before
2: I see him.
3: Well, talk, talking of the Twitter bellends, of course, the first thing that upset them all was the pre credits, uh, the, the pre titles. You mean you sequence, they didn't understand it?
1: the maverty of the situation?
3: They didn't, no. No, no. no
0: they
1: were was okay.
3: upset, wasn't they? Very upset that this certain specific percentage of the crowd. I don't know why. I saw nothing wrong with it at all myself.
1: No. No, and people not understanding the difference between a white person, um, coloring their face and playing either an an Asian person or a like, like
3: Gandhi, maybe would that be a good example? White man playing an, an Asian character
1: or the original toy maker. But I yeah, don't know. More... was Ben Kingsley white? Because I think he had ben, strong... ben Kingsley's
2: got Asian ancestry, yeah. Somewhere that
1: he did play it very well, but yes, it probably would have been better with uh, an Indian actor.
2: No, well, yeah, okay. So, the, the controversy has been the oh. fact that they've used an Asian actor to play a white character. Now, this it's it's brought out. Why have you done this? Why this is just been uh, baiting the fans? This uh, you know that Isaac Newton was never white. Why? 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 Doesn't matter. It's just a bit of fun at the end, beginning of the episode. The the fact that they've you. used they've used an Asian actor to do it. It's not a problem. It's uh, it's not a problem for me. I don't mind them doing it. I've seen what's what's uh, there's been pieces in the last few years now where there have been films and TV shows where they've used uh, people of colour to play people, uh, who, white people, basically, uh, or historical white people. And, and I, I can't see a problem with that. It's David, just, David
1: Copperfield was um, one that completely was, yeah. colorblind in that, you know, that you had uh, people related to each other of different races and you just got absorbed by... By the acting and the story, and it means nothing,
3: yeah. As Anne Boleyn was another one that caused controversy that was, yeah. as well, was it? wasn't it? Quite recently, uh... yeah.
2: But so again, I couldn't see if I for years you've had white actors playing black characters, Othello being the main one. Uh, many, many famous actors just Jesus Christ?
0: Jesus Christ, Jesus
3: Christ, He's, that's probably the most famous, Howard, and yeah. the most played. Uh, character by white people who wasn't actually... white. Well, it wasn't many middle uh, white people in the Middle East 2,000 years ago, was there? No. Yeah.
2: So you've got all these uh, bits from the past where characters of colour or people of colour have been played by white actors. It's gone the other way for just only recently where characters can now play any colour or represent, representation, if they wanted to.
1: Anyway, it, they haven't got a photo, have yeah. they? I mean, how do they know Isaac Newton was it? Oh, the,
2: there's there's plenty of uh, paintings out there. <laughs>
1: paintings, <laughs> but paintings, you know, that, that's not... You know. No. History well, will always, um, you know, the powerful always write the history and do the paintings. Yeah,
2: but all I'm saying is this is one little... Two minute scene, three minute scene, I think, in the whole of the program, and people have just jumped on it because of the colour. I think, and I can't understand why. It's but just a little throwaway scene. If it was
1: shit though, is it a throwaway scene or or the because of um, Donna still saying Mavity? Mm. So is this indicative of of them having changed the timeline? I mean, it was funny. Uh, I liked it, but is is that actually going to be some significance now? That I mean, Donna's attitude. Well, we've got a time machine; we can put it right. It wasn't didn't Tom Baker's doctor already throw apples at? You Poor that?
3: Yeah,
0: yes.
1: Um, so
3: that was so, the most upsetting thing. They didn't have Tom Baker in the tree, did they? Yeah. <laughs> dropping right, dropping the apple.
2: So in my ca- my canon here, right, the doctor and Donna have done the initial thing and they've landed and knocked these apples on his head and put in his head, mavity. Now, Tom Baker, a bit later on, uh, has come along, and I think there might be a little scene maybe where the Doctor and Donna try and do something, but then Tom Baker might come along. And And
1: gravity,
2: you stupid (laughs) idiot. Throw apples at him and say, it's gravity, not mavity. But that's in my head. Now, (laughs) other people can go around making up their own ideas and minds, Right, so what might happen to get him back onto gravity,
1: but it, yeah, I'm. But saying it's just whether whether that is going to be something significant or it is just a throwaway, and it was nice; it was very lighthearted. But the other, um, the other nominations for Twitter bell end of the week, are those that dislike the fact because the doctor said that Isaac Newton was hot. Mm. <laughs> Apparently, the doctor's gay, and this is terrible because the doctor's, <laughs> the, oh. doctor's the doctor.
3: A man oh. can appreciate another man's beauty and handsomeness, can't he?
2: Well, I'm that, that doesn't
3: at... make you automatically gay, does it?
2: No, no. Well, I'm looking at well, so Drew what... right now, and I'm just thinking to myself, what a go. Oh. Exactly. Right. Doesn't mean I'm flipping going to jump his bones. <laughs> ah. <Shame. laughs> Good.
1: Um but, I mean, the Doctor snog, snogged Jack Harkness before, uh, or it was probably the other way around. But he cer- certainly uh, not not limited him or herself. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, um, yeah, I mean, the, and the Doctor is both male and female, um, y- you know. it it's And the Doctor's an alien. The Doctor can be whatever the Doctor wants to be. So it not- doesn't mean to say... The doctor's gay, the doctor's bi, but they could be, and the next doctor is probably gonna be something completely different. So maybe maybe the next doctor will be gay or bi. Doesn't
2: matter. Doesn't matter. So so like we've got the doctor thinks Isaac oh, Newton's hot. Okay. But in previous episodes he's had the Hots for Rose, um, who oh. else is there? River Song? uh there's also been um uh Madame Pompadour, there's um oh. There's been people out there where he's really looked at them in that sort of sexual way. I'd say I know people of pre pre uh, who He was asexual in that he didn't show these sort of things. It was basically what John Nathan Turner used to say in the tardies in the eighties. There isn't to be no hanky panky. So there was never ever any hugs or kisses or anything like that between the doctor and companion until Peter Davison hugs Tegan in one of the tales of the TARDIS, just gone by. The Fifth doctor hugs Tegan. And, uh, oh, we've never done this before, like, and, uh, because they haven't. So this sort of thing was never uh, an issue back in the day. It's not really been an issue. I don't think it's really an issue because it's sort of gradually, you've had him having feelings for his companions mm. ever since the first season of New Who. Uh, and I don't understand just because he's, says one little thing like oh isaac new in his heart does not mean he's suddenly a gay man it just means he just finds somebody attractive to look at
1: and and an asexual person can actually find somebody attractive but just not be sexually attracted to them but they can still fancy someone but in a romantic or in a, a physical way not a sexual way Mm-hmm. And anyway, who cares? I mean, Sam, we we've definitely gonna have something very different with Shooty. Uh so um and if if shooty's doctor turns out to be gay, then that that's fine.
3: Yes, it will be.
1: I heard rumours the actor was. I'm shocked.
3: I thought it was but, just a good actor. <laughs>
1: and Russell the Davis. I decided that's what T stands for now. Russell the Davis. So, was anyone else really disappointed when they were at the edge of the universe and there was no restaurant?
3: <laughs> Maybe, but isn't that that's because the that they're at the edge of the universe. They're not at the end of the universe. I think you're getting your oh. edges and your endings uh, crossed there. Oh, well oh, done, there, Drew. Well done. <laughs> uh, you see, I'm going to pick up on that. I, I, I was, really liked them being at the edge. Actually, I found that. Fascinating. It's more like hard sci-fi, wasn't it? And it what did he say? Camboolean flat mathematics that we the humans are gonna get to and they'll be able to understand it. It's fascinating stuff. But maybe you're right, Deb. Maybe not for Saturday, Saturday uh tea time viewing for the family.
1: The jaw bit was really scary, actually. It made me jump. But the long arms, I can imagine lots of kids giggling about the long arms.
2: And the dodgy knee, the, the double knee that Donna had. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a bit weird as well. When I discussed this on uh, my other podcast, uh, I I noticed straight there away. There are other
1: podcasts?
2: You should know, darling. You've been moonlighting too. Uh, so when I discussed this uh, earlier, I noticed sort of straight away when the doctor came in into Donna's little uh, room on the spaceship and sat down on the floor. Uh, I knew straight away. I, I says to my kids who were watching with me, I says. That's a, that's not the Doctor. And then we had that whole scene play out, and then we all of a sudden we went back to the, the 14th Doctor in the other room, and then Donna walks in there. And I thought, OK, see, I told you, they're not the real. So when did you guys sort of notice? Was it when the scene flicked, or was it straight away? Because I'm just sort of bragging it, you see. Yeah,
3: there was something cut, wasn't there? And I think I was saying to the missus, oh, right, you know what, I bet you that's not the Doctor there. And then as soon as it cut to the other scene, it was like, there we go. It's just he wasn't behaving like he normally does, was he? He's kind of a bit emotionless, I think. Yeah,
1: I, I noticed thirty seconds before Suki.
2: Oh right, so you noticed in the previous previous scene when the doctor yeah, and Donna were I the real doctor in,
1: in the last episode?
2: That's impressive. Okay, okay, I've been out bragged by Deb.
1: No, nah, um, I thought it was time shifting, and that there were two two oh, alternatives yeah. going on so all no right. i didn't get it
2: yeah all right yeah yeah that's a good yeah that's a good point it could have been that i know i didn't think that was that. i did uh yeah you're right it could have been something like to do with time travel well, okay yeah oh, that that's there were two
1: difference. two shifts yeah. going on or that maybe they were jumping about a bit um but,
3: well, just um, before that scene we there was a, a, the think the best bit of comedy in the episode when they um when the doctor was going through all the circuit things and he and he tastes a bit of the uh <laughs> the goo and yeah. fakes out being poisoned. Again, excellent comic, you know, time in between uh Catherine Tate and David Tennant. It's excellent. He was really laughed at that bit. Yeah.
1: I do worry about this tendency that uh, the tenth and uh, this has got in common the fourteenth doctor has of licking things. It does it just kind of worry you doesn't it you know you can be um well i mean i know we're going to talk about our dear bernard but um i did read uh somebody's comment that it was lovely to see um bernard cribbins it, it you know we we're all very moved so our, our, our um our will i was just very grateful that uh, the doctor didn't lick him <laughs>
2: The, that scene is also uh, between Doctor and Donna. We'll get back to Wolf in a bit. But uh, the, the Doctor and Donna uh, at the end of that scene, when she gives him a whack, a good whack on his arm, you basically. And I thought, okay, that's what you, a friend would do right, when they've been teased like that. You'd give him, uh, you'd give somebody a whack like that. And I thought that was good. Yes, well,
1: I have to do it metaphorically over uh, over Zoom.
2: Yeah, not still feel, got the bruises as well. (laughs) Just before that, the HADS was mentioned, hostile action defense system. Yes. Which was a lovely callback. Go on, Drew. Yeah. yeah. As soon as he
3: said it, I was just like, there's a few punch in the air moments, and that was the first one of it. Excellent. You know, who thought that that would come out again in New Who? Excellent (laughs) callback. Brilliant. And, it's and and it's you know like... the whole episode revolves around it, really, doesn't yeah. it? It does. There's, I uh...
1: do like the fact that the Doctor said it's a silly thing. I've tried to disable <laughs> it. And he said, Yes, it is a silly thing.
2: Well, well he, he did say he ended up uh, just being in orbit of a planet for three years because he couldn't because uh, the uh, the Tardis wouldn't let him land. Uh, but the, another bit of that scene as well is there's a little bit where he just opens a door and the cloister bell is heard. Which yeah. is, again if you're an old school doctor who fan that used to cloister bell would always uh, uh foreshadow a, a a big event or disaster or or something and you could just hear it just for a little bit there was the uh, the the cloister bell which is good and i also like uh the fact that we lost the sonic screwdriver for the whole of this episode basically mm. right, yeah so he, he had yeah. no uh, mindset. Was... said yeah he had no uh miles is a good lad he he, he takes after me he does uh, but <laughs> the fact that, that he had no way of using any technology apart from his own skill level yeah and, and he had now Tardis there as a backup as well just to work out uh what's going on i thought it was great country
3: and and of course that was the line was it when he says i've got a sonic screwdriver and i've got a non-sonic screwdriver
2: <laughs> and
3: uh isn't a non-sonic screwdriver just a screwdriver <laughs> excellent excellent line from donna mm. there so that that was the bit then when they started exploring the spaceship now there's been some criticism about cgi and i've heard people saying oh it was just a cgi fest i thought the spaceship looked fantastic i mean we're so far away from the beginning of, of Doctor Who and wonky sets and how famous Doctor Who has been for like the cardboard sets well we're we're just so far beyond that now I thought the spaceship looked brilliant and you know the uh the cockpit was obviously less CGI more a real um room it's just it's excellent what, what did you guys think of it all
1: I watched the Doctor Who unleashed and they showed how they did it, and I was actually stunned that there wasn't more set, and that most of it was CGI, because it looked so real to me. You know, the corridor looked huge, and when I mean they have got a brilliant setup now in Bad Wolf Studios, so they had quite a lot of space. But just what what technology they've got to use now? I think it looked incredible. Mm. Although I was really disappointed the robot wasn't called Marvin. <laughs> I, I'd still got it clipped in that it was a Douglas Adams tribute.
2: I I didn't mind the name of the robot Jimbo's, quite a good name for a robot. Yep, so I didn't mind. The sets itself superb. The the big long corridor set, which was basically all CGI, but then you got the smaller sets off uh, off the the sides of this uh, this long corridor, and the control room right at the front of the ship. Uh, again, there were there weren't like basically. Uh, big detailed sets they were just basic sets and I, I quite like that, you didn't have to have too much detail, but if you go into the control room, apparently uh, again, this is on the Unleashed because the 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 captain of this ship is from an equine uh, race a horse race, they've used symbols and the language that they think a horse would create using their hooves uh, so that's all these little symbols that you see, are all what somebody sort of theorized, theorized what this uh, race would uh, create as a language, and I thought that was fantastic—the the way that they got got into that detail there.
3: The other bit was the transport thing, the vehicle they was on. I mean, it, it just looks so good. It looks again, like I said last, week, it looked like out of a uh, a movie or something, didn't it? Not a TV program. No. Okay, that
2: transport bit, I. I didn't mind it once once the transport bit was there. Now, I just didn't understand how the doctor knew that this thing was there. I mean, it looks like he's never been on this sort of ship before in the past. He might know some of the technology that's been used to, um, uh, to, to help create it and to keep it running, but I don't think he's been in this sort of ship. So how does he know that there was a transport right there? How did he know just to press the floor? And that would how did he know if uh, if press that but, uh, floor button, it wasn't like a self destruct or an airlock was supposed to open just down the corridor and uh, suck everybody out or send an alarm to anybody? It just all of a sudden that sort. It didn't take me out of the story. I just thought it just made me think. How did he know? And it's I just do... the
3: doctor's and know-it-all, isn't he? That's what it comes down to. End of the day. Uh... Well, he knows 500
2: million languages.
1: I did like the um, scooting the TARDIS as well.
2: Oh, yes, <laughs> I, love, I like that. It was a good um, way of making sure the TARDIS is uh, a transport from one to uh, a bit to the other. I did like it.
1: So what about picking the wrong Donna at the end?
3: As a surprise, wasn't it?
2: it was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise that he picked her, but the the resolution to it, where it, because it's all been built in from from the beginning of the sort of their time on the spaceship when they first encountered these creatures. My arms too long, my arms too long, and he just works it out. But the wrist, it was the wrist they were going on about, not the arm. I think he said the wrist was like 0.6 millimeters. Miles could hmm. actually recite the exact measurements. Yeah, I was thinking that is really, really an exact measurement for and since oh. when has doctor the doctor got Donna's measurements on the console? You know, what, what does he need that for? Dirty bugger. <laughs> 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 but
1: but the thing is, is I would have picked that Donna as well, because why is Mrs. Bean funny? Because it is. Well
3: mm. I mean, that's the right answer. It just is. Well, they had each other's memories, didn't they? So they was always going to be pretty close to each other, wasn't they? Mm. It's was difficult to pick between the two. But the bit where you know she's left and she's seeing the explosion in slow motion, and yeah, and you know the music's dramatic, and you think, no, no, Donna's going to die. And then when the TARDIS appeared just at the last minute, Hicks the monster out. Grabs her, I oh, was just like up out of my seat, like double punch in the air. That was just absolutely brilliant.
2: And the missus just sort of grabbed you from behind and goes, sit down, Willie. I'm
3: trying she to watch said, She's <laughs> always saying that. You're getting too excited. I'm like Get Doctor there. Who.
2: It's Doctor Who. Get out of the way, they tell you. I want to watch this myself. No, yeah, you're right. So That was... Right, There was the element, because it was towards the end of this episode, the idea in my head, when he took the wrong Donna, I think thinking, Donna dies here, and he's going to take mm. the wrong Donna, because she would have all his mem- her memories, so mm. she's a perfect copy, and she would be able to blend in and stuff until she made her move and become what they wanted to do. So I, I thought, for the moment, the Doctor has left Donna to die, and if they were to promote this episode, they could go around just using that little scene of the dodgy doc Donna being destroyed and nobody would know the difference because they could go around and put it into a trailer and everybody who would have seen the trailer would have gone, oh my God, Donna dies at the end of this one. That,
1: that reminds me then. So what do you feel about the redacted names and all the hype, the, the secrecy and the hype about this episode? Do you think it made it better or spoiled it? Do you think it was disappointing for fans that there were no other doctors?
2: They never once said that there was going to be previous doctors or companions in this episode or in this series. Uh, I know there is one because there's some photos now released for the next episode. and there is, is Yeah, there is one returning is character. I'm not, I'll tell you at the end when we do speculation. but. Um, they never said that's
1: not speculation that's (laughs) (laughs) cheated
2: but so people have assumed because it's an anniversary special 60th anniversary special that they're going to be special episodes in which characters are going to return there's going to be events set in doctor the doctor's past which relate to the the you know the anniversary somehow and uh it hasn't happened uh the first episode is uh, a straightforward telling of a comic strip story, uh, which is great, and he also reintroduced Donna and her family. Uh, second, the second episode had nobody in there apart from the Doctor and Donna, uh, basically acting to themselves. Uh, um, Wolf, oh, apart from Wolf at the end, uh, but there's Os- three Newton. names there was were, because it all came through the three names that were redacted were Isaac Newton, Wolf. And Mrs. Meridian, who's, who's a clean lady. Hmm. A clean Was lady it? So, yeah.
1: what about the contortionist doctor and so they they're, they're just
2: doubles, weren't they? They were just doubles for the doctors. They, they but were they not? I thought
1: they would be redacted because of the. Um, that's a bit of a giveaway, that there's something weird going on.
2: Yeah, no. They, they wouldn't have been, to be honest, they wouldn't have even been in the publicity uh, stuff that they would have released. Uh then because you don't really go around so uh when you go around having these sort of episodes that you, you don't go around putting out uh oh we've got a uh somebody who's a double for an actor or a character right they, they don't usually put it out they just put it out for the people that are actually going to have uh talking parts within the story so they wouldn't have been part of the redacted now russell has gone on to uh the doctor who podcast and admitted well not admitted He he's asked the presenters, if he thought it was a mistake, whether these character uh, they they put redacted uh, instead of letting uh, everybody knew what was going to happen, the, he he did say that he wanted to release this episode with absolutely no pre publicity for it, and to but, see how it went.
1: But well, yeah, I mean it's interesting, but it wouldn't exactly been a giveaway that Isaac Newton was in it because it was only sort of four minutes at the beginning. So how how it, in fact it would have made you less likely to know what was gonna happen.
2: Yeah, but if you or you know that the uh, the actor who's playing us Newton is a person of colour, they redacted that maybe because they didn't want this. they wanted to be surprised. Uh the fact that the other redacted name was Wolf, uh, Bernard Cribbins, again a surprise. We knew hmm. we knew
1: that he was coming because we saw the photos of them filming.
2: Did you know if he was going to be for the first episode or for the third? because those are the two stories sort of set in London that he didn't think he was going to be in the second.
1: So come on then, Wilf, he got into the TARDIS. It was a lovely
3: yeah. moment, wasn't it, seeing Wilf there? I mean, yeah. that was a, a a right old lump in the throat moment, I think, for mm. a lot of people, wasn't it? And it, it looks like he's going to be playing a bit of a role, hopefully, in the next episode.
1: Well, um, Russell the Davis said it was one scene, but he's in the TARDIS now. Surely you've got to see him go. Wow, or some reaction. But he wasn't well enough to do um, what they'd hoped he would do. The fact he was there at all, because um, by that stage he was saying no to stuff because he, he, his health wasn't wasn't great. But when you see him, he went to the read through, and um, it, there's bits of him um, being wheeled through Camden Market and. Uh, He's got a bit of paper, so we're pretending it's a telescope. You know, he was he was still Bernard, yeah. very much, and still very mischievous and enjoying every moment. I really hope there is a scene, but that would have been another. No, nah. you nah. see, that would that would have been a different studio, and it would have been another day. And no. as Gosh. far as we know, he was only a cantor, But I'd be at least we know he's been in the TARDIS.
2: Okay, so as Deb said, he did give to the read-through, which was in Cardiff. He had a nice meal. This is all on a Russell T Davies post that he's put up on Instagram. Uh, So as soon as the episode was released, um, he put up a post and saying this is the only scene that Bernard Cribbins filmed for the uh, the story. Uh, He's not in next week's episode. This is why you've got... um, in loving memory of Bernard Cribbins at the end of this episode mm, and also yeah. in the Unleashed episode, because he was not well enough to film anymore after this. Right. It
1: was what was beautiful. I mean, it, it was beautiful anyway, but what was beautiful about it was that when they were talking and said, Oh, well, my, you know, what'd your granddad do? Oh, he'd be sat for days in the. Uh, waiting for me to come back in that street and there he was
2: yeah so I, I i love the foreshadowing there right because yeah. uh the she she goes through her whole family rose would sort of move on sean uh would stop there for a little bit she yeah. doesn't actually mention sylvia <laughs> so i don't i don't know what sylvia would do but um oh, I'd, I'd be swearing
1: then... in the kitchen going that man that's <laughs> what my mum would do
2: gramps would be there every day with the thermos and a chair yeah. and just be sitting there but yeah it was a great scene bernard cribbins in this from what i've been told he's he's definitely not in next week's episode but he does have a good ending so look out for that oh.
1: yes what do you think That's speculation then um what do you think is going to happen in the next episode but also he said we're going to do something that's never been done before. But is that in the Christmas episode?
2: I don't know. I don't no. know what. I don't know what they've got planned on just now.
1: Uh, what do you think the Doctor's last words are going to be?
2: No. Oh, um... I
1: did suggest it would be. Well, if I can't be Ginger, can I be Michael Sheen? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like it. I like it. I
1: mean, there's a lot about uh, because he said, "I don't want to go." That this time, I know it's a different doctor, but that you know, that it there would be a more of a finish for David Tennant in a sense. He'll be back, though. Of um, yeah. okay, I'm ready. Or but it's a different doctor. Um, I've got a feeling we're going to have two doctors for a while.
2: See, there's all sorts of stuff being speculated upon. Um... I mean, if you look at the uh, in the trailer that was released, there's a jukebox in the background. There's speculation that the jukebox is going to have David Tennant's voice, so he'll be actually be on the tardis, but with David Tennant there, uh, with the uh, in the in the jukebox. Uh, there's speculation that uh, David, uh, the Fourteenth Doctor, is somehow going to split, and you're going to have two doctors instead of. Uh, a regeneration following on to one after another so you'll have both of them uh with their own and their own companions we've already anyway. got mm. so
1: we've already got a non-doctor david tenant haven't we that's off with yes. rose
2: yes alternate universe uh there's all sorts of stuff I, I, mean, I,
1: I just think there's going to be an overlap because it's something we've done never done before i don't think there should be two doctors I know they're talking about spin-off series and Paul McGann, and, and he says not. I don't think it's fair on shooty to have another Doctor. He is the Doctor, um, much as it would be awesome, and maybe a spin-off on a radio or something like that in future. But at the moment, Shooty needs his space and time. I just think... Space and time. I just think that... Uh, uh, there's going to be a stage, you know, when he says, you know, can someone tell me what the hell's going on or something like that? I think that's because there's going to be, because we don't know why there's the 40th doctor's got David Tennant's face. He's there for a short time. And so maybe it is about bringing in Shooter's Doctor.
3: Yeah, you're definitely right. I think two doctors would be. A mistake. I mean, the Doctor said yeah. he's the definitive article, isn't he? So you well, can have two Doctors, it, really, can you? Or
1: is he the Time's child?
3: Mm. Yeah, there was a lot of callbacks in this episode talking mm. of, of that, wasn't there? Which is good. The flux so you... uh destroying mm. a lot of the universe as well.
1: So how do you feel about the all chib- oh, years now being canon and being accepted? Because a lot of people wanted rid of it, and, you know, the idea that the Doctor might not be from Gallifrey. Go on,
2: Suki. No, look, Chibnall era is canon, regardless Mm. of what... uh, 100%. Yeah, Twitter bellends think. Right, it is canon. It was up to uh, Russell whether he wanted to double down and go with whatever Chibnall did, or just ignore it if he didn't want to, right? Mm. Again, this is the same with us fans as well. We could go around going, uh we want to know more about the timeless child want to know about more about the doctor's origins pre-gallifrey uh we we could ask for all this sort of stuff and ask russell to include it or or we could just go well i don't really want to know nothing about it right don't include it but now russell has decided that he, he's going to include it this is where all the angst of there was there was speculation why jody's character didn't have the angst of knowing half the universe was destroyed uh but the, why david Tennant's uh 14th doctor does it's because russell has decided he's going to double down on the fact that the flux happened and he's mentioned it he's also doubled down on the, the, the fact that um the doctor is not caliphany he is another creature now this is where i want to know whether donna has these memories in her head when when the dodgy donna said it she she was absorbing stuff from other people and the only way she can absorb that sort of stuff is from the original donna so she's absorbed this knowledge does that mean that uh original donna has these memories of the doctor and this also explains then the calvinista toy that uh rose had in her shed if you look at all the toys there was one which was a dog toy, and uh, which is like from the Flux era. But again, I thought I... in the
1: last episode it was clear that she did know something.
2: Oh well, yeah, oh, that's what I think. But well, in this episode, they're but... talking about the fact that she doesn't seem to know.
1: Well, consciously maybe not, but subconsciously, hmm. because she's saying she couldn't take it. As um, well, I think she was that lying. still had elements because they let it go, so there was still hmm. some. Elements otherwise, um, they yeah, I know. It's I, I think she's
3: them. lying as well. I, I the, the monster Donna, can only have got it from real Donna, it's no nowhere else, yeah. So, I think and, she knows.
1: And, and is there still elements of Time Lord in Donna because, because there's you know, I don't know if I can save you this time. Is that because she's. Gone all bit, you know, with the binary, binary, binary
0: um, mm.
1: stuff again, or is it because they're just in a sticky situation? It's
3: exciting, isn't it? It is exciting. We're we're on, you know, pivotal stuff now, aren't we, with this this final episode now? So, it's, yeah. what what other speculation have we got about it?
1: Suki's St- got a spoiler. Uh, the answer I've
2: got, they've released, as it says, they've released photos. And in the photos, you do see Kate Lethbridge Stewart. She's back. We knew that. Oh, we knew fact. that. Yeah, but if there's a, a certain photo, if anybody doesn't want to know, uh, there's a certain photo of David Tennant on the floor uh, with a red uh, rose petals, I think, on the floor, or red summer, And he's uh, just on his hands and knees. And you've got the unit soldiers in the background. Now, if anybody doesn't want to know, Just mute yourself, mute me for the next second or so. But you see Mel in the background.
1: Ooh. Well, we knew she was going to appear at some point, didn't we? She's Mm. is it definitely? Because Miles said there was somebody with ginger hair, and people were going, Oh, that's that's Mel. But is it definitely?
3: Are we sure it's not Colin Baker in a wig?
1: Or it could be <laughs> no. the fifth doctor catching up with the end of the universe going, would you like a side of beef? I'm the special today. Well, the, go on, Suki. The,
2: the, 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 the publicity photo that was released for Bonnie Langford as Mel is she's in a white jacket with checked uh, black uh, stripes on it. And if you look, it's the same about, uh, same character with the same jacket in the background. It could be okay. a
1: future doctor going, I'm here, I'm ginger now.
2: Okay, it's not. I'm just telling you, it's It's Mel. It's Mel in the background. Anyway, we'll leave that now. That's my speculation, my spoiler. Mm. And I'll, hopefully I'll spoiled it for uh, the one viewer, that, uh, one listener that does listen and doesn't want to know. That'll be Bob, actually. Cool, Bob. Uh, I, I also like these going back to this episode of the two the monsters the the creatures that they're there. a creature these creatures have been hanging around in this uh end edge of the universe and all of a sudden uh this spaceship appears uh through wormhole and because they've been there for such a long time and they can hear or see whatever is happening in our galaxy and remember this galaxy is like a trillion years away trillion light years away so it would take them for year, year, years and years to get there now this this thing has t- suddenly turned up in a wormhole uh, and they've realized they've got a way now to get to there because all they can hear is the pain and the war and whatever is happening and they uh, they want a piece of that they've been turned by whatever cruel intentions have been happening in our part of the galaxy and they want that They don't want, as uh, the dodgy Donna said, love letters take longer to get there. They don't want to look... If they were coming there, they just don't... They haven't got the love part of whatever had been happening. All they're getting is the early part of uh, the war and stuff. I think they're just reading
1: Twitter. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, Twitter is at the end now, right? And it's all been war. It's all war on Twitter. But these creatures can now absorb... And I love the fact that the equine captain realized what was going on and she set in motion uh, the, the the sequence to destroy the ship using a really dodgy old robot to be able, because they, they wouldn't be able to absorb anything off this dodgy old robot. So she, this robot can do, press a button and then, you know, heroically, you could say, she kills herself and uh, all you see then is just this flouting body in the background and for how many years because it's a skeleton uh up there you, you it's not like uh and remember this is like three years before she'd gone and uh, the ravages of the time have just left a skeleton up there and uh, i just think everything regarding those that scene with that creature the equine creature and her backstory was superb in this uh this episode
3: it, it was yeah and and that was again another a bit of the hard sci-fi of this episode wasn't it the the slow moving robot and the slowly um converting spaceship and the countdown that they didn't really understand i mean it is all a great reveal you know, mm. when they was in the um, in the control room, with only the glass separating them from the monsters, and finally they realise what's going on. It's excellent. And,
1: and the robot didn't complain at all about the pain down the left side of his diodes.
2: No. Nope. His this name is book Jimbo, book. not Marvin. Jimbo, oh,
1: Marvin. They can't even get his name right. Go on then, Suki. How did you know the horse
2: was a female? He mentioned in the episode, she. Oh, it was a she. Captain, she. How did they know
1: that it was a she?
2: I couldn't tell you unless they read whatever the language was, uh, and uh, that the doctor recognised it was a, uh, a female cat mm-hmm. Or did the, one of the creatures tell him? I can't tell you. I just don't know. Well, uh, the, there's. You know, there's someone else's Twitter. I had a very speculate.
1: rude way of working it out, and I'm not going to even mention it.
2: You might as well. Everybody's now going to be wondering.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Um, male horses have rather large appendices, so they would have to have an extension to the spacesuit, wouldn't they?
2: No, if they tucked it in. Could you?
3: It's very cold in space.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's true. <laughs>
3: Ah. you got shrinkage to think about.
2: I remember it's just a skeleton up there, so if it was a actual muscle member, it would have um, eroded away. There wouldn't be But anything. not
1: when he went. They still needed the space suit, weren't they? Oh, not mean.
2: necessarily.
1: Uh, the, the... I bet they had an enormous um, arboretum. What do you call it? Arboretum? With all the... Manure that was around on the ship. I bet they grew amazing lettuces.
2: Mm. Uh, okay, th- this has gone into the Martian territory. This is where Matt Damon was growing everything from his own poo. Really? Oh, you ain't seen the Martian. Watch the Martian. It's a good Oh, hell. I thought
1: you meant your neighbor. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> Matt Damon. Oh,
1: uh,
2: not my name. Matt
1: Damon. Um. So why was the TARDIS playing Big Blue Yonder?
2: Wild, Wild Blue Yonder.
1: Well, all right. Wild. I told you I hadn't got any notes. I have it's to. The have it. the, it's the name of the title. <laughs> right. So the TARDIS read the Radio Times, and decided. I, th-
2: See, I don't know why Wild Blue Yonder was being played,
3: but. No, it's, it wasn't really explained, was it? Yeah. And
2: did you actually hear the first, at the beginning? Because I only heard no. it at the end.
3: Yeah, that's what oh. I thought as well, when they were yeah. saying about it had been playing it. I was like, did it, was it?
2: I must have missed that bit. Yeah, because I never heard it. No. So I don't know why it was, Why the episode was called Wild Blue Yonder, apart from the fact that they had the song at the end. If I could find it... that song, actually, I might put a, I might put a a, a snippet of it at, at the end.
1: It it's um the 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 song of the American I Air Force. Know, Marie, yeah. The Air Force, I wonder I whether the royal. blue
3: yonder is something to do with the you know the Tardis is blue. I don't know. Well, this,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, in the other podcast, I suggested that the Tardis had an ego go, and it was just going to have its own theme tune there. So, uh, you know, what will it be next time? Um, Blue Moon.
2: But also, just talking about the TARDIS, did you just think the the way the TARDIS landed and uh, span and all this, uh, the way that they're portraying the TARDIS now on the screen, whereas before it it always used to be, uh, um, you know, just Mm. land. And then they, uh, they'd film an empty space, and then they film uh, one with the TARDIS and they just sort of mix it together. Now it seems to be spinning everywhere that you and uh, you can see it flying in the sky. You saw it right at the beginning, lands in the tree, and then flies away instead of dematerializing. Yeah. It's it, got oh, an it, ego; it's just showing off. It is yes. The TARDIS is now realize it's got Disney money; it can do whatever it likes.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's gone GTI, hasn't it? It's yeah. it's definitely had an
2: upgrade along the, along the way it's been paid for once it's instead exploded. of getting bbc yeah bbc money i'll show you tricks this is how you do tricks yeah he could do
0: it
1: all along it just didn't didn't wasn't motivated
2: well he's probably looked at star trek and all the discoveries and the uh, enterprises that have been on there and i thought i oh, wish i had some of that money and then when he gets disney money like, i'll show you my box of tricks how to do this properly mm. impressed i was really impressed with some yeah. of special effects now
3: there was a bit um with the two monsters where the the doctor sprinkled the salt didn't he? the line of salt and challenged them to uh challenged them to um cross it and then and eventually they did and then at the end the doctor said he regrets doing that because it was at the edge of the universe where the walls are thin so another thing to come maybe
2: the dishes the day weed salt Mm. no yeah you can write that if that is the edge of the universe um does the edge that of the, is universe... the edge, the,
1: the no, edge but... is the, the
2: end yeah but does the edge uh neighbor onto another universe where this grows just... doesn't it isn't it ever expanding it's supposed to ever expand but it might be expanding into another universe And there might just be like a into a KFC, yeah, a barrier fence or whatever, a KFC on that other universe. And they've once they've uh, they've started breaking it down with the salt and the superstitions, maybe other creatures, including the toy maker, might be able to come in.
1: I mean, we've got something going on with the toys, haven't we? The toys that Rose made. Yes. And the fact that the buyer. I still think there's something about Dubai in the Middle East. So I think the toy maker is, is around anyway. But but why did she, why did the doctor call him a vampire? I mean that was very rude. Go on then, Suki.
2: That was just something on the the buyer uh, from Dubai. He, if you look at the Unleashed browsers, actually got buyers all around the world. But
1: they mentioned Dubai in the Middle East. Yeah, the the, the, The mentioned Dubai. The big buyer. The big buyer.
2: It's definitely a clue. I'm just thinking that there might be more than one there. More
1: than one
2: buyer? Yeah, more than one buyer. She had more than one customer that's buying her stuff. Disney. (laughs) Never know. Never know.
1: Can you tell I'm tired?
2: (laughs) Well, you're the house, this. You decide if you want to... uh, crack on and onto any let's more
1: crack things? on let's crack on Much yes very nice having a chat uh my brain is just going all over the place now um yes the superstition that's what i have written down salt i didn't know there was a thing about a line and um i just know you're not to throw salt over you
3: yeah, that that's uh that's like is it a Chinese thing, isn't it? Remembering from Chinese uh horror films, they quite often the vampire can't cross the salt, can it? They quite often use the salt Nails to mark cut. out an area. Do they do they...
1: like snails? They all wrinkle up and dry. Oh, I,
3: I just know. don't think they can cross it. I don't think the salt kills them, does it?
2: I mean we we've had not just salt, we've had um chalk. We've had choking in Battlefield, where you can just put it on the floor and you can't cross it. And I'm pretty sure there was something in the demons as well. The, the local witch in there, she was handing out uh, stuff. Oh, that was it. Uh, in, oh, good grief, there's a Tom Baker story uh, where she hands out rock salt, and, which kills creatures. But I can't remember what the story is now. Slugs. It's what? Slugs, slugs. You was slugs. What the hell's the story? Image of the Ferengi, and they were slug-like creatures. The worst slug-like creatures.
1: Yes. Tardis lights out of five.
2: How many lights you see? Four lights. I asked how many lights you see. Go on, Suki. Right. Uh, well, so I'm going to give this again. I thought this was an excellent episode. It's scary, creepy. Uh performances were great. I didn't mind the, the skit at the beginning. I didn't mind uh the fact that redacted um actors in there uh, and he had a good resolution. Um and he at one point I was thinking Donna was that's it, Donna's cocked it, she's gone. So I just think it was an excellent story. Uh, so I'm gonna give this another five out of five. I can't believe I'm giving five left, right and centre. True. Well, I'm glad
3: that I, uh, like you, Debs, saved uh, a five for this week's episode and made <laughs> last week's episode a four because this episode is definitely a five. I really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed last week's, but this was better. A punch-in-the-air moments so when the TARDIS come back at the last minute to save Donna. Really funny bits with the Doctor Faking out his poison hard science fiction my favorite kind of science fiction it was it was almost a perfect episode i really loved it 100% 5 out of 5 how about you deb
1: um as a piece of sci-fi i loved it um it was gripping it was it was saying very um event horizon um apart from the lack of the orgies and a certain actor, Um, but I still think it was a bit of a missed opportunity to grab new fans, and I I admit it, the only people that I've seen complaining are are the idiots that um, are not proper Who fans anyway, but I just wonder, because it was so different than the previous week, whether it could have lost a few younger fans, but then the arms bit was well, quite funny as well. So I'm going to stick to four in the hope that next week's going to be a five.
0: Listeners
1: okay, so listener feedback. Suki, what you got?
2: We've got from I'll Explain Later podcast. And they says RTD has revived this classic partnership and isn't this special enough to give us one of the most psychologically arresting episodes of Who? Up there with the edge of destruction, the rescue listen ever made. Tent pole pole telly is really so weird. Bravo. Cheers for that, guys.
3: True. Excellent. Okay, we've next got Murray, the Pyraman Christensen, and he has this to say. I really enjoyed this. There were some properly creepy scenes, such as when we first realised Donna is not talking to the Doctor, and the big empty ship provides some of the biggest and prettiest corridors anyone on Doctor Who has run through. The plot device of the hazard avoidance thing is both a nice callback and a way to take back the TARDIS and Sonic, from the Doctor, as otherwise the constant who is real dilemma would be easily solved. And it was lovely to see Wilf at the end. Pacey episode that really lets the lead stretch their acting chops. Four lights. Lovely bit of feedback, Murray. Um, I've I've got a couple from the
1: basement. And um, this is adding to our international perspective here because Antoni is from Poland. And she says, my permanently criticising brain had nothing to complain about. That's a new in many weeks of professional viewing and whining. It's just the best trio possible for the doctor ever. D, T, C, T with RTD. And then she's got blue little hearts. And since they're small, I'd say also we've got Angetta from Belgium, also basement. What a lovely surprise to see Bernard Cribbins as Wilfred Mott. That was so emotional to see him again, once again before his death. Smiley, sad, sad smiley face.
2: Okay, so we've now got Tom Turlough. And Tom uh, sent us some feedback in last week quite late, and but I managed to get it into the episode because I was like editing the episode. So here's Tom. And Tom says, I enjoyed it more than last week. Although, again, it would be nice if there was something special about the 60th anniversary special rather than. Just feeling like run-of-the-mill mid-season episode. Just how great would it have been to see Smith or Capaldi turn up? Um, Having said that, it was well done and well acted. It looked great and the special effects were impressive. Nice to see Bernard Cribbins one last time. All in all, enjoyable, but a bit of a lost opportunity. Three and a half, whatever's out of five. Cheers for that, Tom. Cheers. Great stuff.
3: We've got Jack McMorrow next, and they've got to say, as class as the new console room looks and extra points for the TARDIS now being wheelchair accessible and more awesome disabilities awesomeness from RTD, but I was hopeful that with David, Catherine and RTD making their return, we'd get the coral themed TARDIS from the Christopher Eccleston to a length hour with Matt Smith. Although, even with Disney money, I doubt this TARDIS set was cheap. So I guess it's also Kuti Gatwa's console room too. Yes, a good question. Is it going to change in the end? We'll find out soon, I guess. And Jack continues. I've been to Cyberdog in Camden. I'm from London, lived in York a few years. So even though London is often in Doctor Who, it's often the Westminster area. So it's nice to see my area. Well, Camden is much closer to my bit of London than the Palace of Westminster and the Tower London shown in the show. I expected a tonal shift to an episode much darker than the Star Beast. This seems to eschew that and maybe is setting the scene for the giggle. This tone was a surprise and incredibly welcome. I hasten to add that when Catherine Tate shouts, Well then, let's kick its ass." I internally thought, well, wow, I miss Catherine and I bet if I rewatch season four, she's a constant highlight. David and Catherine's chemistry just flows as smoothly as silk. That is seen here arguably throughout and in the hands of others, either with less chemistry or just not as great actors, this episode would be far more confusing. I had a genuine smile and a tear when I saw the return of Bernard Cribbins. I bet that is true of many of the millions watching. Overall, I give Wild Blue Yonder four out of five psychic papers calling me grand mistress <laughs> of the knowledge. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to spend the week accusing my colleagues at work of having arms too long. <laughs>
0: Good
3: for you, Oh, dear. Joe. Yes, nice bit of pay- feedback there, Jack. Thank you very much.
2: You got another one, Shooky? I've got three more. And the first one I'm going to do is from Shep's Deep Dive. And Shep's Deep Dive is my co-presenter from around the console. It's Clifford Shepherd, otherwise known as Cliff. And uh, one of the other things I want to uh, say before I read his feedback, Cliff has just released a book. It's called Blue Hills, uh, and he's just released it. He's, if you look for it under Clifford Shepherd online on amazon uh it's an excellent little uh, read uh please do look out and have a check check it out there's a kindle version available on there so yeah well done well done cliff and uh he says i needed to watch twice and in the end i enjoyed it last week's fast-paced camper up this week more classic switcher room worked was creepy and mentioned flux made my ha- made me happy Okay, I've got another one here from
3: Dave K, And Dave K has to say, A tense episode which actually had me on the edge of my seat. Great performances, especially from David Tennant. I'm still not quite sure what the actual threat was that was posed by the creatures, although this doesn't really matter, and maybe it will become clearer on a second viewing. 12 doctors out of 14 which equals 4,285 lights out of five. I think Dave's gone into the Camboolian flat mathematics at the end there, doesn't <laughs> he, maybe?
2: But great well, feedback all the same, Dave. Well, Dave and his co-host Rob, they do The Doctor Who Show. Again, an excellent podcast to listen to. And they usually do a hot take, unlike us, where we take about three days, four days <laughs> to actually digest the episode. They usually do it on the night. So uh, please do look out for that. Uh, again, it'll be, uh, just put it into your podcasting, podcasting app, which uh, if you choose, and you will find the Doctor Who podcast. Uh, Doctor Who show, sorry. The Doctor Who show. Sorry, Dave, I do apologize. The Doctor Who show. Uh, our next bit of feedback is from Mark, and he's from the Mr and Mrs Who podcast, formerly known, uh, which is uh, the old Doctor Who one. Uh, and I thought he was dreadful. Dodgy green screen, terrible pre credit scene, boring plot. I couldn't quite believe how bad it was. One of the worst episodes of whoever. Two out of ten. I don't think Mark liked this episode. Yeah, I, I saw it. that. Yeah, well, as soon as he posted
3: it, I was like, oh, am That's, yeah, definitely someone who didn't enjoy it. Oh, well, horses for courses.
1: Horses, ha Captains. Hmm.
3: Um, well,
1: it's good that we get um, a mix with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, much much you... as we, we we've been critical of the people that didn't like it or don't like who, that's that, that you know you can have valid reasons. But, Definitely. Uh, so so we're not criticizing anyone.
2: alright So the final bit of uh, feedback we got is from King Bo- Beauregard and this says big on action and spectacle, lean on emotional stakes. That's an ongoing issue, making the disposable threat of the week matter beyond the overt danger. Father's Day did it well. This one, not so much. One use for companions is to have the stakes land on them as point of view characters. Cheers for that, Mr. Bor- uh, Your Highness.
1: I think we've done all the listener feedback. Thank you so much for messaging. Um, it, is, it is really good to know that people are interested in our waffling. Well, ho- hopefully you actually listen to us as well. But uh, we appreciate it, and we like talking to each other and waffling, and definitely, yeah. And hopefully, Andrew will be back next week because we miss her. Uh, keep 100%. an eye on her art that comes out. There was a lovely picture of a uh, Meep, which we retweeted recently, and so give it lots of love. Right, do we really want to do the generic unit soldier? I think. I
2: woke up this morning. Married sure.
1: Oh, alright. Okay, so we're going to nominate generic unit soldier of the week. So, who's going to die this week? Suki.
2: I'm going to nominate Deb because she's done a fantastic job. Right, and a it when she hosts a it. You know, she she comes across as unprofessional when everybody else is hosting, and when she interrupts and does all these things. And when she does it herself, she's such a Consummate press professional, and it annoys me, you know, it just annoys me. So, I want to nominate Deb.
1: That's very kind, and also mean.
2: It's meant to be both.
1: I think it's because I'm too tired to be annoying. Well, no, I'm pretty annoying anyway. All right, okay, true.
3: Well, you, you know, I was going to nominate Deb for the same reason. I was going to say that oh, all my notes I've wrote, and you just come along and say, oh, I haven't done any notes, I haven't done any prep, and you just do it. That makes me jealous. But I'm now going to nominate Suki because he's just nicked the reason that I was going to nominate you. So Suki's <laughs> so getting it instead. Oh,
2: i put my point of view across and I'll get done for it.
1: Well, I did I did have a sort of um, a chat to Miles, so I've nicked lots of his ideas, so, so I've got through it.
3: Perhaps you should be nominating Miles tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. We should have thought of that. Yeah. Were well, we all going to change it and nominate Miles?
2: I, I'm going to change my mind, yes. Right. Miles has come up with all the points that Deb couldn't be bothered to do, so I'm going to nominate <laughs> Miles. You know. I, I'd vote like for Miles as well.
1: Yeah, all right. I'll vote for Miles on the grounds that um, he knows more about Doctor Who and he's a really good pop. Did you see how he edited that first one together yes. with lots of? I mean, that was. Um, I mean, I, to be honest, I, I could I could use it as an opportunity to slag you off, but I won't because I would never want to put all that editing together. But but Miles, you know, he's too, he is just too good.
2: Yeah. If you yeah. if you guys want to listen to Miles. He's on the uh, Doctor Who's Line Is It Anyway podcast. And that used to st- that started off as a, as an improvis- improvisational Ooh. podcast, improv co- podcast, where we used to uh, watch Doctor Who episodes and we allocate cast members to uh, one of the ca- uh, the characters. And then you could just go off on, 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 on a tangent on to what, as to what that character was thinking. We used to get up to all sorts of stuff. Uh, hopefully, he'll start that up again as... Uh, an improv uh, but at the moment he's just doing reviews and yeah meeting the cast and stuff like that. i'm trying to get
1: everybody together at the same time is impossible so he edits in everybody's audio to make it sound and at one of them he even put him going mm, yeah and laughing <laughs> in the background <laughs> of what he was saying it was yeah very impressive so for showing us up definitely um, um miles
3: miles So how yes. are we going to kill him like, I, I, I was going to suggest before we nominated Miles that you, you get blown up and squashed into a small spaceship right, with your head between your legs and your arms all sticking out. That seems like a good way to go.
1: That's excellent. Can we give him a sonic screwdriver as well? Because I quite like him, really.
2: You can do. Definitely. That, to be honest, that was the only bit of uh, CGI in the whole episode. I was... Uh, I, I, I had a bit of criticism. The rest were fairly, mm. really top notch. But that one where David Tennant's head suddenly appeared between his legs—that that, that one sort of stuck out like a sore throat as if they they just didn't have enough money to uh, get it done properly. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, we'll get rid of Miles that way. I, I was just thinking of just taking all his uh, recording equipment away from him, and then just, <laughs> you know, you, oh, yeah. that's cruel. Yeah, because you know he's doing such a good job
1: right well thanks so so much um um saying that it's been um a a busy day i know it's busy for Suki at work drew doesn't do anything all day um but um i've really enjoyed the chat and i'm so excited for doctor who next
3: week yes one more to go looking forward to it a tremendous amount now
1: and we do have strange new world no discovery haven't we? a date now
3: and we Which didn't do did Jason we... Jason Isaacs news, did we?
1: Oh, I think I slipped enough in.
2: Yeah.
1: He's in America. Do watch Archie, ITVX. Yeah, so um, I think it's April, but Discovery will be on.
2: Yes. Uh, I don't know. I do know that they've released a clip, and I've seen articles online, but I've not clicked on them because I just don't have the time. But I do know there's a clip of Booker and um, Michael that's been released, but I don't know when the, uh, the actual date is so, in between us finishing the specials and the Christmas Doctor, we will just do random episodes of Star Trek, uh, just to tide us over. We can the basement can sponsor a, a Lorca episode. Well, the basement can all appear one day on the actual epi, uh, on our uh, podcast. I'm not sure you'd want that. <laughs> Why not? They can, you can. You could be the host and you can look after them. Let's see how you like it.
1: Right, well, thank you very much for listening. Lovely to see you all and um, to next week.
2: Yes, thank you. Bye.
1: Hello. Bye. Stuart, have you got a Christmas tree with you?
3: Yeah, I've got various flashing bits and bobs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very, um, very exciting and sci-fi-y.
3: I feel very festive.
1: I know in um oh bye, bye Ski. <laughs> bye. You're back now. Where do you go? I
2: did tell you the missus was gonna walk in and start talking. Oh <laughs> I thought
1: you I thought you'd gone in the TARDIS.
2: Oh no, no, no. <laughs> the doctor would never wills. have me. I'll be the donor, I'll be the one spilling. <laughs> Coffee all over the place.
1: Oh, you are our wolf final
2: thoughts just just do that bit again Deb, for us please well, with
1: enthusiasm
2: if there's no final thoughts actually just leave the final thoughts and we'll be straight you sure the yeah. do you
1: have any final thoughts suki? thoughts suki
2: no i mean talking to you has just lost my will to live <laughs> so there's no final final thoughts
1: that's good i think well, we've
2: uh
3: we've covered it all haven't we i think we've
1: covered it all and i think i've I've nicked all of Miles' ideas too. <sighs>
2: well, you nick from the best, don't you?
1: Uh, you've got a mutual fan club. Where are they? Where's the
0: family?
2: Oh. Might be a day or two out. Uh... Oh, my goodness. Donna! Where? Oh, my goodness, <laughs> Donna!
3: <laughs> I said so. Oh. Wilfred Mott. Oh, now I feel better. <laughs> now nothing is wrong. <laughs> nothing in the whole wide world. I <laughs> love old soldier.
2: I never thought I'd see you again after all these years. Oh, Doctor, that lovely face. <laughs> it's like springtime. And Donna's got her memory back.
1: Without dying, which I recommend. Yeah,
2: well, I knew it. I never lost faith. I said, he won't let us down and come back and save us. So, set the controls for Saturday night, uh, December the 9th, BBC One, The Giggle, the last special. Now look, big things are happening. I warn you, I am here with a warning, which is that big things happen. They will go online. There will be clips online.
3: Official BBC clips will be online. This episode is so big and so full, it's more than
2: an hour long. It's one hour and one minute. It starts at 6.30 at 7.31. Everything will go online. Including official BBC things will go online. It's our job. We have to do it. So try to watch it live. If you can't watch it live, my friend Jack is in a West End show. I said, Jack, do the curtain call. Go home. Don't go online. Because it'll be spot. Get straight to a television. Good luck Saturday night. Thank you very much. Goodbye.
3: How do you two know each other?
2: Donna, go back to the TARDIS. Huh? Go back to the TARDIS.
0: You never tell me to do that.
2: Oh, but he
0: is recognizing me. Are you not get pleased, er, Doctor? To see me again after so many years. Who is he? The Toy Maker. We meet again, Doctor.
3: (laughs) Remember the past. Your little adventures. Remember my power.
2: What's this extraordinary place? Looks crazy to me. Now in the world, celestial toy maker. He's a power for evil. I've been waiting for you a long
0: time. What game is it you want me to play? This. A game for the mind, Doctor. The developed mind. I offer you power. Power to corrupt, to destroy. Think of the exhilaration of that power. (laughs) Make your last move, Doctor. Make your last move.